I'm going to invite uh, Jack and Amanda and Steve and Becky. Is Becky here for this service? Oh, there she is. Okay, come on up. Can we just give Jack and Amanda and Steve and Becky a hand? excited because these four are planning a church in Gaffney, South Carolina. Is that what you're saying? No. Jack's like, what? What did he say? Uh, today is to celebrate. Remember, uh, I don't know if when you went to Israel, did you see where they put the stones down in the Jordan? The reason that God had Joshua put all those stones down is because sometimes you can think so much about the future if you get to honor the past. And today we want to honor the past. And I'll start with this side of things. So there's a merge between two churches. And uh, this morning I was even thinking, I think a lot of people actually don't know the story, and so I don't want to act like everyone does, so we just celebrate that today. Maybe look in the past a little bit, some stones that were laid down. You, about eight years ago, decided to go on a conference, to a conference, and Jehovah Sneaky was up to something. You went to one of those Holy Spirit conference where weird people like these two (laughs) walk in, and uh, why don't you just tell the story of what in the world happened, because that actually plays into this merge. Well, Crossroads started in 1996, so it's almost 21 years old, and things were going great, I thought, but the Lord had something else in mind. So in 2008 of February, I was invited to attend a conference with some of the younger women in the church, and my daughter-in-law said, Mimi, you cannot go as a mother hen, and I said, oh, yes, I will, and I will tell them what's wrong with everything that they're about to see. But prior to that, I had been saying to the Lord, I, I know there's more. I'm a good Baptist girl all my life, but I know there's more. And so I went sort of open-handed, but sort of closed-minded. Uh, and he met me there and completely wrecked me. Uh, changed my thinking, changed the way I saw the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. And I came home and I told Steve through buckets of tears that I don't know what's happened to me, but I'm never going to be the same. So at that point, Steve had to make a decision, ministry or marriage. So I think he chose both. And now the story is um, something quite different. You know, before Steve goes, you know what I love because how God is using women at Bridgeway and the story, our story started with Jehovah Sneaky getting you. Where, Where were you, by the way, Virginia, Virginia beach. Mm-hmm. Of course, that's yeah. where I'm getting my doctor. Now, that's weird. Yeah. And so you're up at Virginia Beach, the Holy Spirit invades you, and then you call me and said, hey, we're going to do a healing service, and do you want to speak at it? And I said, do I have to, get a, do I have to wear a white suit or something like that? <laughs> and, uh, and then she comes back, and all of a sudden, you didn't just gradually make a shift towards Word and Spirit. You made a, a it was like you just surrendered. Absolutely. Well, I preached six messages at our church called Meet the Holy Spirit. And when I preached those, that was the dividing line. People said, we either want this or we're out of here. We want nothing to do with this, and you've bait and switched us. So we lost several hundred people in our church, and we went through what was kind of a death. But even Mount Zion went through kind of a death. And what I think about it is like that. Here's why God often works. He gives the birth of a vision, then the death of a vision, 
than the supernatural fulfillment of the vision. So you may, you may be in death right now, but supernatural fulfillment can come. So as our church was kind of in a death phase, I didn't realize what would end up here. And now here we are with the fulfillment supernaturally of the vision that we had and you had to see our churches be like this, this today. So this, we've been reading undercover and just talking about what church structure looks like and the power of a covering. John Bevere's book, Undercover. You actually had a dream, not me. Yeah. You've been like a father in my life for a long time. You were my pastor for 15 years. Yeah. You had a dream that I was pastoring Mount Zion. Yes, I told you. When our second pastor that followed me, when he stepped down, instantly I felt like the Lord told me, tell Chad Norris he will be the next pastor. I walked up to Chad 15 seconds after his resignation, put my arm around him and said, you will be the next pastor of this church. Buckle your seatbelt. He said, shut up. He said, I don't want to be a pastor here. That's exactly the words out of his mouth. I said, I can't have any power or authority as an elder anymore in this church, but I believe that's going to be true. Well, he listened to me and he prayed about it. And sure enough, God gave, began to change his heart about it too. And I actually had a dream that we would end up here. But let me tell you about this first. When we decided to become a spirit-filled, spirit-led ministry, I was like a kid in a candy store. I didn't know like what this meant. I, I was raised totally opposite of everything we believe now. To preach and teach against it, not just not believe it. And so I had all kind of messages and stuff, you know, against everything that we do now. I've since wadded them up and thrown them away. But at the time, that was my theology. But God changed my heart so much that I said, I got to get some help. And there was a man that was the pastor of this church named Ori Winger. His wife, Bev, is still here in our church. Where's Bev? Bev, just stand up. Can we honor Bev? Let's just give Bev a round of applause. Because, thank you. Because her husband helped train me. He invited me to come here to preach a couple of times. He gave me books to read on, by spirit-filled guys. He took me to one conference with him. He was just pouring his life into me, and then he died. I remember saying, Lord, I'm not real happy about this. I was mad at God about this. And I was just I was flustered. But then I think the Lord kind of told me that you don't really need Ori. You don't really need the books. You don't really need the conferences. You need me and my spirit. So that kind of was just, it was the death of the vision stage for me going through this stuff when he did physically die. Well, what Chad said was this. When he took over as leadership of the church, he came to me one day and said, I really believe, Steve, God has told us we're going to move and leave this building that you guys built. And I said, well, it's okay with me. I don't care. It's not my church anyway. I never held on to it with my hand and my fist. Like I said, my building. We raised a lot of money to build it. We put a lot of toil and sweat and energy into it. But it's God's church. And I said, if you're the leader here and that's what you say, I'm under your authority. Absolutely. Where are we going? He said, I don't know. Well, they marched around, did some prayer walks around some properties in town, and nothing worked out. And then I had a dream. And in this, I, God often speaks to me in dreams. And I had this dream that we were here. And this place was so overflowing. People had MZ on their shirt from Mount Zion. They were pouring into this place. And they were going out the roof. And it was just exploding with growth. And people getting filled with the Spirit of God and the kingdom of God coming here. I told that to Chad. He said, yeah, that's interesting. But there's a church there called Mount Zion. And they're flourishing, as far as I know, doing well. And I said, I don't know. I just want, I just want to tell you that. Well, then shortly after that, they went through a church split here. And we're left with about 50 people. And I looked at Chad and said, maybe you should call him now. And he did. And here we are today, three years later. 
Well, on behalf of me and Wendy and the staff that we lead, if not for you, this wouldn't have happened. And I don't mean this in some, you're supposed to say it, say it. Like, thank you. I think we're supposed to enter his courts with thanksgiving and praise. And if we truly do have a culture of honor, then thank others that made things possible. And if not for you too, this wouldn't have happened. If you were at City Church and came across the street or across town with the merge, uh, will you raise your hand? Will you just extend your hands towards Stephen Becky and let's pray a blessing upon them? I've never done this with you two, but um, I feel there's just Holy Spirit all over me on this. Anything that was ever taken from you, any, uh, any attacks of the enemy, I, am, I, I bless you in the name of Jesus Christ as a spiritual son of both of you with so much revenge, so much prosperity, and a hundredfold return on anything that's taken from you during that season of warfare, going all the way back to Virginia Beach, all, even all the way back to the beginning of ministry. And may you just uh, live in the land of Goshen all the days of your life. May you enjoy ministry till the end. May your bodies both be blessed with longevity. May you, may you see grandparents in the spirit. Becky, may you live long enough to just see hundreds and hundreds and thousands and millions of people impacted by the person of the Holy Spirit, Jesus and the Father, because you said yes in Virginia Beach. Amen. Amen. So I came over to your house, humble and handsome, and knocked on the door. And you looked at me, this is, this is a fun story, I'm going to take my time here. Uh, Jack thought I was coming to his house because I was mad that some of the people from City Church came to an Easter egg hunt the week before. I'm not kidding. Amanda was in another room with her hand, her uh, phone in her hand on 911. I'm not exaggerating. They thought I was mad. I walk in. I said, Jack, I'm thirsty. Where's your refrigerator? He stares at me. I go get something out of the refrigerator. We sit on the porch. I hand him my book and I said, the Almighty says we're going to merge. And he just, he just looks at me. Amanda was listening to me in the, through the window and you're crying within five minutes because you know what the father's doing. I want you to tell the story. It was right around the time when I came to preach to Mount Zion before we merged and you had an unusual experience in this room. I did. But first of all, I want to just say that we didn't know who Chad was. I mean, we'd sort of heard about him because a lot of our people were going over there to City Church. They were leaving here and going over there because the fire was over there. And we really thought that he was upset that some of the people came to our Easter egg hunt. I was thirsty. I wasn't upset. So I just, I told Jack, I said, you know, this day and age, you don't know what people are going to do when they're upset. So I said, we made a plan that you would take him out on the porch. I would go in our bedroom and sit by the, you know, have my phone and call 911. One, the things got rowdy. So, so I was listening. And as he was sharing the vision that they had, I just started crying. And I said, Lord, he's got our vision. This is what we've been believing for for almost 40 years. And I said, gosh, if he comes to be our pastor, not only will we get a pastor, we'll get a staff. And some of our people will get to come back home. So. Anyway, you wanted me to tell you what happened. So uh, it was the, I believe it was the service before we actually finalized the merge. 
Rich Hodge was here and he spoke. And at the end, he said, there are some of you here that have really been carrying a burden. And you're just really burdened down. And the Lord wants you to know that he wants to lift that burden. Well, I just started crying and shaking and just uncontrollably, which is not me. And I just said, Lord, what are you doing? And he said, very sweetly, he said, if you want this, you can submit to it. But if you don't, that's fine. And I just said, Lord, I want whatever you want. So I just doubled over, and I was just crying and carrying on. And Jack was looking at me like, what is happening to you? And I said, Lord, what is going on with me? And he said, you are giving birth in the spirit, and it is big. And I got Jesus bumps just saying this. He said, it is big. And I said, thank you, Lord. So here we are, and it is big. Hallelujah. Jack, what I would love for you to do, because you've been such a father in my life, and um, a lot of people don't know that you and Amanda started Mount Zion in a house, a Bible study, almost 40 years ago. Sounds a little bit like a Susan to me. And 40 years later, here we are continuing to walk out what God birthed in you guys, gosh, four decades ago. I would love for you just to speak a father's blessing over this house, that this would just be the beginning. I remember on your back porch, I said, this will be a hot knife through warm butter. God's here. We're good to go. Would you just speak a blessing over, over us as the father of this house? Father, I thank you for your love and your mercy. I thank you that you always have a remnant with your people. You always have people who know, who are not discouraged by the winds of change, who are grounded in thus saith the Lord, who will never leave your promises because all your promises are yes and amen. I thank you that your hand of blessing and provision reached out to city church and the remnant there and the remnant of Mount Zion to blend the spirit and the word to what you call for over 40 years ago. The realization of that is reason for rejoicing. So with pleasure, I do speak a blessing as somebody who's been involved in this a long time. I thank you that you renew our strength daily. That the truth will never depart from our lips. That we always will raise and stand before you with a pure heart. And that we will fear not and say, thus saith the Lord. So rise up, Bridgeway. Rise up to what I called you to be in the hearts of your people many years ago and stand back and watch me do my thing, says the Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Can we honor them this morning? Give them a hand. I love you, bud, a lot. Love you.
Jack read the wrong email this morning. He thought it was a Christmas Eve service. He wore his Christmas Eve sweater. Either that or he's honoring the Georgia Bulldogs. I can't figure out which. As Jack was praying, the Father was just continuing to remind me, and this is found in Ephesians 6 and also Colossians 3. There is a not talked about much secret in the kingdom of God that is for our own success. Remember when God told Joshua, if you do these things, you'll be successful, and if you don't, you won't? Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. That it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Whoever the father has put in your life to lead you, honor is not sort of, kind of a big deal. It may be the biggest deal. Uh, It's protection against the enemy in your life. And it's a step towards abundance of heaven. You see, in in America, though, we we just want to do our own thing. We're self-made people. No, the power of what God's doing in this church um, is the elder board is so unified. And I, I know who Jack is in my life, and, and I know who Steve is, and I know who these elders are. May we always be a church that's not just thinking about the next great thing God wants to do. May we honor those that have gone before us. And honor and manipulation are not the same thing. You know, flattery is demonic. Oh, you're amazing. You're amazing. Be careful. Someone's always telling you amazing. Most of the time, honor is in the heart. And, um, and honor has to look like something. And so uh, it just really was all over me. I want to invite Vince Gaskin to the stage. He sat over here in the early service. I don't see him now. There he is. Y'all are hiding from me. Uh, let's give Vince a hand this morning. I'm interviewing Vince and then Brian Woodard. Vince was an elder at Mount Zion uh, on the other side. Yeah, there you go. And uh, on the other side of the street where I was not, and I met him at the first, gosh, I remember the first meeting, the first person that I recognized in the spirit was you. And I said, man, this man is a warrior. And so to close our service over the next uh, few minutes, I want to interview you and I want to interview Brian of what it was like from your perspectives as we merged. Yeah. Because I feel like today is a Deuteronomy 8 day for us. We're going to eat barbecue. I don't know if there's barbecue in Deuteronomy 8, but it's Deuteronomy 8. It's all about do not forget, do not forget. Remember, remember, do not forget, do not forget. Gratitude is a weapon. What, um, what's the biggest thing that the Father showed you about yourself, uh, about the kingdom as this merge thing happened? Oh, man. You know, I don't consider myself to be all, all that much, you know. And um, when God told me that he was going to use me to bring the demise of Mount Zion, I was like, whoa. <laughs> you know, I didn't know if I wanted to do it. Um, he filled me with his spirit, and he did it through me. He brought a demise to Mount Zion. And I was there that day when Amanda gave birth, you know, and I think it was eight days later that we came up with Bridgeway, you know, which to me was, 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 was extraordinarily spiritual because, you know, after a child in the Jewish tradition is yeah. born, eight days later we receive his name. Interesting. You know, and, and Bridgeway was born. But, you know, God used Jack. He used, and I'm just talking about it on that board, myself, Jack, and Harry Britt. And I think Harry's back here. He used us to protect the vision. He used us to protect the vision. And, and that vision was 
was was born 40 years at that time, 40 years prior, and Satan wanted to change it. He wanted to destroy it. He wanted to come in and manipulate it. I think you say it a lot. Satan, um, the devil comes in and he'll sit down right here in service. And he realized he couldn't defeat the church, so he just joined it. Yeah. On your on your um, name badge right here, it's a it's our logo that has right. uh, it's word and spirit. We want to be a hundred percent word and a hundred percent spirit. That's right. What are the consequences of not being faithful to heaven's vision over this house? Death. Okay. All right. Well, <laughs> I mean, it's, what, it's, that, uh, that's the short version. What? <laughs> Death. What are the consequences of? Uh, what are the consequences of obedience? Not in even following a man. Oh gosh. Not. What are the consequences of obedience? of faithfulness to that vision that was birthed in that house 40 years ago? You know, I, it's, just, it's just a fullness of life. It's just, I mean, I come in here on Sundays. You guys, you know, I, like I said, God used us to, to bring a demise to something that we loved. All right. And all through that process, you know, I, I had this, 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 I don't know, hope. This whole, I mean, like you said, we, when we came together, it was like a warm knife through hot butter. I mean, a hot knife through, <laughs> through butter. You know what I mean. <laughs> anyway, I mean, it was so, it, I came in here, the, the, the Sunday we merged, our merging Sunday, I came in here and I saw God's people. And I was like, wow. Because, see, we were 50. We were just, I mean, we were reduced to nothing. And I want to give Ori Winger um, props because, see, Ori... In 2008, Ori, he saw this. He saw this, and, you know, he didn't, he didn't get a chance to see it here. He's seeing it, but he saw this, and he shared it with the board at the time, you know. And this is God, you know. You have, and when, when we came together, the six of us, we had six on the board, at five on the board, at six on the board, because Tom was with us. None of us saw this as ours. None of us saw it as ours. So when we came together, knowing that your heart matched our heart, and it was, it, was a, it was easy. It was so easy because we want the spirit. We want the word. We want to see God. We don't want to, we want, we, if we have to get out of the way, we're more than willing to. You know, it, it's not about us. You know, you, you guys, I mean, there's not a selfish bone on this board. I, I, and I've seen, and I say that because I, I've seen it. I've seen what the other side looks like. This is beautiful. What God is doing here is beautiful. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm amazed. When I come in here on Sunday morning, I'm so amazed, you know, that what he's doing. It is just extraordinary. And there's so much more to come. If you don't believe me, ask Greg that out there at that door. He just gave me a word out there that told us our whole plan told his whole God's whole plan and I'm like who you been talking to father so I'm like you know this is God man this is God in in the most amazing way well on behalf of Jack and Amanda and all of those that are at Mount Zion just thank you for your courage I want to speak a blessing over you father I pray you just continue to groom Vince's hunger not just as an elder but as a son bless him and Teresa his family May you give Vince a literal gift of hunger that's insatiable. And as an old man, may he be on his knees just going after you in the secret place. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. That's awesome. Thank you. Love you. you.
I don't, there you go. It's like, where's Waldo? I'm looking around. I couldn't find. So this is Brian Woodard. Brian was with me on the city church side of things. And, uh, you know, it's a bumpy, bumpy ride for us. Just a little. Yep. And, uh, I remember you used to be my boss and, uh, I came on city church a part time and, you know, the great God stories you never fully see coming, you know, something's there and you're pregnant with something, but we didn't see this coming. And, uh, you led the staff for probably six months and typically before the big breakthroughs, we'll have a good breakdown and we just say, God, what are you doing? And then that first elders meeting after you guys hired me, I said, we're moving. And you and Tim said, where to? I said, I have no idea. I would love just for you to share your perspective of what the Father has shown you, what the merge was like for you, how it impacted your own personal relationship with God. Um, I'm going to be like Chad real quick, and I'm going to go um, high level in this and say, first, he showed me today the goodness of God that he takes two broken boards and says, I'm going to take all these broken people and bring them together for my goodness and my health to be born forth. I mean, it's a paradox. I'm going to take a church at 416 Holland Road that is very young, doesn't have older adults in it, and I'm going to take it and merge it with a group of 50 that are primarily older adults to bring the wholeness of who the God's family is. And... Mount Zion didn't have any kids after the split. Well, man, we brought the kids (laughs) and a youth group. And the goodness of God that says, I'm going to take two broken, two groups that are broken, and I'm going to bring them together for my wholeness to be born forth and to my glory to be shown. You have to understand that for me to be able to say, you know, it wasn't my desire to be a, a pastor, number one. I had to say yes, and I had to fl- uh, throw out a fleece, and that's a story in and of itself back when I was 17. But God showed me that he is faithful and that he is good. When the numbers, when I was dealing and doing taking care of all the finances and you have a lead pastor that is a visionary of what that church at city church is going to do to make a change in the city and he comes back and he resigns and all of a sudden everybody's lined up behind that vision and behind that leader and all of a sudden you think oh no now what now what And I was right up beside him, and I was kind of, you know, I was second in command, and I'm like, oh, no. (laughs) Oh, no. And I had to walk through the pain and hurt myself, and we as an elder board had to start working through our own health at City Church, and then to be able to lead a people of 600 to 700 forward in that and say, how? Like, I've never done this before. What? And to spend time with God and when those, with those men. And then for us, and, and, and I will give this to you too. What did God do? In man's wisdom, you would think, okay, city church is going to come. And at that time, we had four elders. And you just heard Vince. They had, what, six? Well, before we joined, city church dropped two. We lost two. 
So all of a sudden, no, we had five. So we came, we came here with three. They had six, and all of a sudden, we're scratching our head thinking, wait a minute. If we as elder boards are supposed to lead the church, they have six, we have three. They can railroad us. They have all the votes. They've got it all. And God, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And God goes, no, trust me. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, my life verse. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him. He will direct your paths. He will make your path straight. In man's, what he keeps showing me is man's intellect of saying two brokens coming together in the natural means more brokenness, right? Not in God's kingdom. Man says, wait a minute. Two elder boards, one with five or six that have had issues with trusting their leader and what they've gone through. And we coming with the lead pastor and we only have three. What does that mix look like? God says, trust me. And I have never seen an elder board work together in unity more than this one. Never. To see Jack Hancock, that the Holy Spirit falls within the elder board, to see him, he can't sit in his chair anymore. He gets up, opens the door to Chad's office, and he is running down the hall speaking in tongues. <laughs> because the Spirit fell on, in our room. To see that Freddy Krueger, he can't stand it in our meeting. He stands up and just starts prophesying. To see that in leadership, you usually don't hear that. And the goodness of God in what he has done from bringing brokenness and brokenness together to one ship and help is only for his glory. And for me to be able to say, dear God, I can trust you. I can trust you through this. It doesn't make logical sense. But in my spirit, he says, follow me and be obedient. And let me handle this. Let me do it. And guess what? When you open your hands and say yes, even in birthing spiritually, in making a fool of yourself, and what is the, quote, destruction of Mount Zion, and letting go, God says, I have great things for you. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, I just want to thank you and Rachel and uh, all the things that you did to serve God during that time. And it's worth it. And I think years from now, we'll look back and say it's really, really, really worth it. I want to close this morning really briefly with a dream I had this week. You can stay up here with me. I'd love for you to pray over in one second. I had a dream this week that me and two seven-year-olds raised someone from the dead that had been dead for three days. And when he rose from the dead, it's about to scare me to death. And when I laid hands on the man who had been dead for three days, I knew that it wasn't my faith in the dream. I knew it. It was the faith of the seven-year-old girl and the seven-year-old boy. Charisma Magazine came to interview me on how I did this, and I knew it was a test in the dream. And they were interviewing me, and cameras were everywhere, and they said, how in the world did you raise someone for the dead that had been dead three days? And I said, I didn't. I said it was, it was a seven-year-old girl and a seven-year-old boy. I think a key to breakthrough in all of our lives is just remember, you're not that big a deal. Apart from Jesus Christ, I'm a bum. Uh, let's have childlike faith. We're not that competent. May God get glory. Whatever he wants from this church, whatever he wants, I say yes. Just say yes. Let's just stand up and say yes. And Brian, I'm going to have you speak a blessing over us. 
a blessing of yes and radical obedience. How about that? Thank you, Lord, for my brothers and sisters in Christ. Thank you that you are faithful, even in our unfaithfulness. Thank you that you are a good, good father and that you lavish your love on us, even in our brokenness, even in our mess, even where we are, even in not trusting you, that you love us, that you care and you, your will is perfect. And I pray that we in our lives will release the grasp and let loose and radically obey you in whatever you call our hands to do, whatever you call where our feet need to go. And I pray that we will be laid down lovers for you. In your wonderful name, we praise you. Amen.